Hello and welcome to a video summarising all you need to know about child language acquisition theories and in this video we'll be looking specifically at criticisms and limitations levelled against the big four theorists in child language acquisition. Don't forget that this video is part of a video series and if you are wondering who these big four theorists are we have another video which looks at the different theories around child language acquisition so do check that out. Just to recap, one of the theorists that we have talked about in depth in a previous video is one called Skinner, and he postulated the school of behaviorism. Essentially, this school of thought suggests that a child imitates the language of their parent or carers, and this is how they develop languages. Thus, successful attempts by this child are rewarded positively because an adult who recognises a word spoken by a child will praise them or give them what they are asking for. And this obviously gives them positive reinforcement and makes them learn this language and use it over and over again. Hence, successful utterances are thus reinforced whilst unsuccessful ones are forgotten or at in some points punished by parents or carers. And this is also known as negative enforcement. So therefore Skinner essentially postulated that children learn through nurture and through positive and negative reinforcement. That being said there have been lots of criticisms and limitations that have been put forward with regards to the behaviorist approach to child language development. This limit, the, the limitations that discuss this essentially state that language is based on a set of structures or rules which can't be worked out simply by imitating individual utterances of the parent or the carer. So the mistakes made by children if we examine you know, child language utterances when they're quite young show that they're not simply imitating but they're also actively working out and applying rules. So for example, a child who says drink in the past tense instead of drank, so for instance, instead of saying I drank my water, they say I drinked my water, is actually not copying what the adult or the carer has said if the adult speaks fluent English, but rather they are over applying a rule. The child, for example, in this case, has discovered that past tense verbs are usually formed by adding a D, so drinked, or a T at the end to the base form of the word. However, these mistakes that the child makes occur because there are irregular verbs that do not behave in this pattern. However, these children haven't yet understood these irregular verbs and the difference between applying these different rules and such mistakes are often referred to as intelligent mistakes or virtuous errors. So now, when we look at the theory of behaviorism, it essentially does not cater for these virtuous errors that children make and it's too simplistic. Furthermore, uh, criticisms around this approach state that the vast majority of children go through the same stages of language acquisition and there appears to be a definite sequence of steps which we refer to as developmental milestones. Of course, it would go against behaviorism because essentially if children imitate their parents or carers, that therefore means they imitate the different styles and the different ways and patterns that parents and carers speak. However, the fact that there are just general developmental milestones irrespective of who the parent or carer of the child is shows that this is not entirely down to nature, to nurture rather than nature. So apart from extreme cases, for example, when you think about the case of Jeannie, the sequence or the developmental milestones that children go through seems to be largely unaffected by the treatment of the child receives or the type of society in which he or she grows up. 
Thus, children are often unable to repeat what an adult says, especially if the utterance contains a structure that the child has not started to use. Hence, again, when you're thinking about behaviorism, this theory does not cater for this. It does not provide sufficient answers to describe these shortfalls or these developmental milestones. Furthermore, few children receive much explicit grammatical correction. So, uh, as opposed to what Skinner states, for instance, that parents often positively or negatively reinforce grammatically strict ideas. Actually, a lot of other theories have said that parents are much more interested in things like politeness and truthfulness and much less in grammatical correction, especially in the early stages of a child's language development. So there's evidence for a critical period of language acquisition and children who haven't acquired language by the age of about seven will never entirely catch up. And again, this shows a limitation around behaviorism because if we did interpret behaviorism strictly when we look at real life examples, this would mean that if a child, for instance, in the case of Jeannie, is exposed to language even much older, so for example, she was exposed to language when she was 13, then she should be able to imitate the parents or carers who are teaching her this. But of course, the famous example shows that she was unable, despite extreme rehabilitation, to learn this. So just to recap, we do have a video around this case study. However, uh, the most famous example of Jeannie, who was discovered at age 13, who um, being severely neglected and brought up in isolation, was that she, after she was rescued at 13, there were subsequent attempts at rehabilitating her speech and despite all of this effort by a lot of her carers who looked after her subsequently, she was never entirely able to speak fluently and grammatically. So um, if you're finding this video useful, do subscribe and give us a thumbs up because we would really, really appreciate positive feedback. And of course, if there's any areas that we should improve on, do let us know in the comments below. So now looking at another theorist, and another theory which was postulated by Noam Chomsky, this is the school of innateness. Just to recap, Chomsky believed that children must have an inborn faculty for language acquisition. So this is the opposite end of the spectrum when you're thinking about behaviorism. So behaviorism, which is postulated by Skinner, is this idea that children learn through nurture and the environment that they are born within. However, Chomsky is actually saying the opposite. Children learn because of something that's inbuilt within their nature. It's innate to them. So according to this theory, the process of language learning is biologically determined. The human species has evolved a brain whose neural circuits contain linguistic information at birth. And the child's natural predisposition to learn language is triggered by hearing speech and the child's brain is able to interpret what he or she hears according to the underlying principles or structures it already contains. So that's innateness in a nutshell. However, there are lots of people who have criticised this school of thought. Um, some of these critics essentially state that Chomsky's work on language was mainly theoretical. He was really interested in grammar and much of his work consists of complex explanation of grammatical rules. However, his work did not look at real children. It was very abstract and the theory relies on children being exposed to language but takes no account of the interaction between children and their carers. Additionally, some critics essentially state that this innateness theory does not recognise the reasons why a child might want to speak and the functions of language. 
Furthermore, an interesting case study, which we have talked about previously in another video, which was conducted in 1977 by Bard and Sachs, uh, was around a young child called Jim, who was the hearing son of deaf parents. And Jim's, pa Jim's parents wanted the son to speak, so he, they made him watch television and listen to radio as a way of learning language. However, given that they were deaf, they had very limited input directly into you know, teaching him and reinforcing his language learning. This therefore meant that Jim's progress was quite limited when it came to learning language until a speech therapist worked directly with him. Thus, simply being exposed to language was not enough for Jim. Without carer interaction and carer feedback, language from TV and radio meant very little to him. And hence, subsequent theories have placed a greater emphasis on the ways in which children develop language to fulfill their need and interact with the environment, including other people. Language learning is not purely inbuilt. Another school of thought is the school of cognition. And of course, the most famous theorist is Jean Piaget. And he placed acquisition of language within the context of a child's mental or cognitive development. So from his perspective, a child must understand a concept before he or she can acquire the particular language form which expresses that concept. And a child's development of language is a reflection of the mental and cognitive development. And if this is impeded, they can't develop the requisite language irrespective of being exposed to it by their carer. So that's his theory in a nutshell. However, of course, there are many other theorists who have pointed out certain limitations to this school of thought. So as a child continues to grow and develop, so it becomes harder to find clear links between language and intellect. Just because a child, for instance, sometimes finds it intellectually challenging to understand certain concepts, that does not actually necessarily impede their ability to use the language to ex express these concepts. Some studies have also focused on children who have learned to speak really fluently despite abnormal mental development. And a lot of these studies have shown that syntax in particular does not appear to rely solely on general intellectual growth. Another school of thought is Bruner's interactionism theory. So interactionists such as him suggest that the language behavior of adults when talking to children, which is known as child-directed speech, is specially adapted to support the language acquisition process. This support is often described as scaffolding for the child's language learning. And Bruner also coined the term language acquisition support system, LASS, to describe the importance of parent-carer interaction and language development. Again, of course, there are lots of people who have pointed out some of the limitations to this approach. So they maintain that whilst these theories serve as a useful corrective to Noam Chomsky's innateness perspective, um, the early position that children are innately born with language facilities, as it seems likely that a child will learn more frequently with interaction. So that's a strength that serves in Bruner's, uh, in rather in Jerome Bruner's perspective. However, they still state that it's been noted that children in all cultures pass through the same stages in acquiring language. So we can't entirely say that language acquisition is purely based on parent and carer interaction. And there is some level of biological determinism in terms of how a child develops the language. So part of a child learning is still inbuilt, but also of course, another very important component is a carer or a parent directing this speech. 
We've also found that uh, there are cultures in which adults don't adopt special ways of talking to children. They don't talk to them um, through child-directed speech, they talk to them in a very normal way without you know, changing tone. And so child-directed speech might be useful in understanding child language acquisition in certain cultures, but actually it doesn't seem to be essential for a child to grasp the fundamentals of language. Parents don't always have to adopt child-directed speech for their child to learn language. And as stated earlier, the various theories should not be seen simply as alternatives, rather each of them offers a partial explanation of the process of a child learning language. So that's all in terms of limitations to different child language acquisition theories. If you did find this useful, do give this video a thumbs up, subscribe to our video and as well as the channel for more useful information. And from time to time, we do upload worksheets as well as useful model answers on our website, which is www.firstreetutors.com. Thank you so much for listening.